Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired. Kairos. Shazanga. It's good to actually welcome in 2021 with the video edition of Shots Fired. It's incredible to see you guys looking good. I have to say, Kairos, I'm confused and I'm baffled and I'm amused. How are you managing to get waves in a pandemic? Are you <laughs> How can you put waves in your head? When you have connections, you can call a bar rep and say, listen, open up the shop, I'm coming. And they'll open it up just for you and shave your head. When you know oh. people, things get done. Simple. So Chisanga doesn't know people, huh? No. Nope. I'm looking at him. <laughs> <and> he's, <laughs> he's, you know, I got my I got my fade, mic clean. Chisanga yeah, the fade looking. just. I had the to fade myself <laughs> either. That's just the thing. I had to do. Look, this is this is my shape up. This I did this myself. That's but, not bad. That's good. But you, like I say, you look like you went into the salon and that's what's perplexing me right now. But you know what, we're gonna come back to this. We're gonna circle back to this because I think you really need an award for that. Speaking of awards, this being 2021, I thought it'd be really good or we thought it'd be really good to look back on 2020 and present our alternative awards. There are loads of um, awards going around. Speaking of awards, before I forget, Thank you so much to Combat Sports with Rhino for nominating us yes. worthy in the Twitter sphere. And uh, we will be dropping by to pick up that uh, award uh, if we can pick our way through DC, if there's a country left um, by the time we actually finish this podcast. But speaking of awards, it's only right that uh, the Shots Fired crew bless with our own awards, the Backshots. The Backshots, I would say, are the most prestigious of all awards. Now, now you, you cough, you splutter, but the Backshot, it's a memorable award. It's a worthy award. And our categories are ever so slightly different. I'm gonna kick things off with the moment that made you say, whoa. For me, the nominees, and there are four nominees, and that was the moment that made me say, whoa, was Bellator actually rocking up on the BBC iPlayer. Now, for me, um, just to put this into context, in the UK, I would say the BBC for the longest while have been staunch advocates against mixed martial arts. It's only in recent years that they've only started to warm to this. It's only in recent years that they started to give copy to it on their website. But to actually see Bellator on the BBC iPlayer for me was a really big deal. The second nominee is the working Buckley KO. Not only was it a spectacular KO, now for me, um, being an ex-Taekwondo practitioner, to see that actually pulled off in the cage, I have to say, it blew me away. But it wasn't actually just the technique, it wasn't actually the display of what we saw in terms of violence. It was the whole story around this. Here was a man who actually put out his wares, who actually put out his skill, who put out his expertise, gave the UFC, a highlight KO, but still went back to his day job, 
on a Monday morning. Now that, that in itself is worthy of note. But moving swiftly on, what made me say whoa as well was Dana White actually rocking up at the end of last year and presenting his alternate view of um, a roundup of last year. And to his credit, I would say a fraction of what he said was noteworthy, commendable. And um, I'm thinking, and I'm speaking specifically of the fact that in the face of all adversaries, in the face of all detractors, in the face of all the naysayers, he got the job done. He delivered what we spoke about, what we commented on, what we actually brought to our podcast on a weekly basis because of the fact that he actually, well, stuck it to the man. And the man being uh, the media in his eyes, because that's what made me say, whoa, he changed the narrative. He gaslighted the entire viewership of that video into thinking that these detractors, these uh, naysayers had only negative things to say, had only bad words to say. And pulling that off and having the support, the retweets, the actual traction, which made me think he definitely gaslit a shed load of people. I saw at last count, it was 2 million views on that video alone. That made me say, whoa. But the final <laughs> nominee in this category, and that was the moment that made me say, whoa, was the death of Abdul, um, Abdul Manak. Yeah. Now, for me, such an important figure, an integral figure, the father of um, one of the most dominant champions and uh, mixed martial arts we've seen in the octagon, him passing away was a very somber moment in what actually underpinned 2020, COVID-19. Now that made me say, whoa, made me say, whoa, on a couple of levels. One, the actual run-up to his um, death, it did look as though, um, me being the eternal optimist, it did look as though he was gonna pull through. So it did actually make me say, whoa, when it, he actually passed. But secondly, like the back and forth, um, Conor McGregor getting involved in the narrative, it made me, again, pause for thought and made, made me think that, you know, life is so fragile. The bickering, the, the so-called banter, sometimes might be a little bit out of place when you're talking about a man who was on the brink of death and then finally actually passed over. But those, I have to say, are some pretty compelling um, nominees. I hope you'll agree. But for me, um, I was about to announce my winner, but I'm gonna pause and ask you, in the moment that made you say, whoa, category, did I miss anything? Am I actually skirting over some things that actually passing your mind at the moment and making you think, how the fuck did he miss this one? Yeah, like when um, when Paulo Costa was assaulted in the cage by Izzy Adesanya, <laughs> that was a huge moment for me. I think, that's, I think that's worth a whoa, Mike. You know what I'm saying? I did not expect him to get booty clapped as he was face down on the ground trying to get his wits together. But I thought that was a huge moment for a bully, but that's just me. That's just me though. Um, no, I, I, I pretty much agree with you, Mike, and uh, with, with, with every whoa moment that you had there, especially, especially Bellator's one. That was, for me, that was a, a really, really big one. And we'll, I'll, I'll go into that after you reveal the winner of the category. Kairos. For me, <clears throat> it was how Poirier versus McGregor 2 came about. Like, 
they were like, hey, let's fight each other, blah, 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 and have a fight and rematch. And Dana was like, nah, that's not really the fight I'm trying to do. And so Dustin and Connor were like, all right, fine. We'll do it for charity for free under our own name. And Dana was like, okay, hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. All right, we'll, we'll put the fight together. We'll put it together next year, and we'll try and get it done. And I think what the problem was was that Connor wanted it in 2020. And Dana was just like, I'm not trying to do it in 2020. But we've seen just time and time again where Every single time we think Dana's tightening up the strings on someone or tightening up the chains, Connor still says, nah, fuck that. I'm off these chains. I'm, I'm the Django. <laughs> I am breaking off. I control the UFC. And like, it's just like, I think some things will never change. And that is one of them. Okay. Without further ado, then. It's a drum roll. The winner is Joaquin Buckley. And the reason why, because as I mentioned, there were like some serious and worthy contenders but the reason why is the whole narrative and the fact is I have played that video over and over ad nauseum on my, my player and over and over in my mind. It is one of those indelible moments of 2020, which I think personifies 2020. And that is against all odds, against all detractors. I mean, remember the, the story coming into this against basically um, this for me was a pivotal and a seminal moment. Like I say, personally, because of the Taekwondo element, but just from an eye candy moment, this was outstanding. Made me say, well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I, I agree with you, but I do have a slight criticism of the, of the, of the knockout. I mean, I love Impa Kasangane. He's from uh, the Congo, which is right next door to where my parents are from Zambia. So we probably share some of the same blood somewhere or somehow. Or whatever, but after he caught that leg kick, man, he held on to that for too long. He was the architect of his own downfall in that sense. Like, I, I think I'm pretty much the only person to have come out and said this. I'm not trying to detract away from the knockout itself, but I mean, Impa just held on far too long and he paid the price. If it was in more, if it, yeah, perhaps I'm being a bit pernickety and I wanted a, an instant spin off the back foot and then whatever, but Ooh. yeah, that's my, uh, that that's my that's my sole criticism with the knockout. Although I still believe it is the knockout of 2020. I mean, yeah, there's, absolutely. There, there's nothing else. There's nothing wanna, else. I just want to I just want to pause and jump in there. That's part of the technique. You pause. You look. You strike. That's why there was that pause there. The same point. Wild strikes in Taekwondo. <laughs> this is about to. I know. I know. So that is uh, a part of the technique to look. Yes to look, you have wow. to look where you're striking. My instructor, um, Nick Simmons, who's part of the GB team, uh, the Olympic GB team, drill that into us. You look, you strike. How can you strike at what you're not looking at? That's true. You could yeah. do uh, Ben Askren spinning back first against Damian Meyer, was it? Or- Hail Mary, yeah. Yeah, Hail Mary, you could, you could do that, but- But look, <laughs> where, look where he is now. He was landing strikes, though. Don't disrespect. Ben was landing exactly. strikes in that fight. But, as, that but as we bring up Ben, I think that's also a, a, a woe moment, too. For someone that did not watch him in the other organizations, for him to come to the UFC and for me to see that type of career is huge to me. That was a big woe, a big kaput that, you know, Ben Askren came with all this hype. And he nearly was murdered in his debut against Robbie Lawler. And it was controversial. And then on top of it, look how we went out. So I think that's like noteworthy too. That's a big 2020 moment. This huge star comes over and flop. 
That's, that's that's true. I see. I I got I got shit for uh, for writing a headline calling uh, Mr. Askren a UFC flop. And I mean, when people just look back at his record, what are the facts going to say? Like, obviously, everybody will remember that the win over Robbie Laurel was a contentious one, but people will look to the five-second knockout loss to Masvidal, which is really a two-second knockout loss to Masvidal, and right. the loss to Damian Maia. But that's not me by any means making light of the man's career. The man was a decorating Miss Martial Arts champion in Bellator, champion in one, uh, do they call it championship now? It's what? Yes, one championship now. So, I mean, he, he, he just came over too late, I think. That's, that's what it is. I and agree. I, and I, I think, I don't want to say that he, he didn't work on his striking enough or what have you, but I think the, the disparity between his grappling and his striking was just far, far too much. It was like the, the fighters of the, of the early 2000s, like the disparity between the, the striking and grappling. But respect to him for coming over and what have you. And, but just don't embarrass us against Jake Paul this year, man. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Is that really happening, y'all, or was that? I think it is. I think it is. I think it's gonna. Yeah, look at Kairos's face. Yeah, I I think Jake Paul's gonna light him up. Yeah, which is so sad because Jake Paul just started boxing. (laughs) This time next year, that will be that moment. Yeah, I'm happy to see it. It needs to happen. Yeah. Definitely. I don't mind. As long, now, like when I heard it was Ben Askren, I was like, oh, I, I don't mind. Maybe I'll watch. Like, you know, like I don't, he's out the UFC. His career was somewhat of a flop. And in the UFC, I do have respect for what he did outside the UFC. But I think if anyone, if anyone involved in MMA fights Jake Shields, I think, um, not Jake Shields, uh, what's his name? Jake Paul, Jake Paul. Paul Jake. I think Ben Askren <laughs> is perfect. You know the disrespect. <laughs> My bad. Because also, it's not going to be it's not going to be Dylan Dennis, right? Let's let's not beat around the bush here. Dylan, great, phenomenal. He's a he's a Marcelo Garcia black belt. I'm pretty sure, but I'm pretty sure he got kicked out of the school as well from yeah, Marcelo Garcia. He did. So if, yeah. What uh, did he do? I'm not I'm not too sure. It hasn't come to light what um, transpired, but he was he was uh, he was put out. He was he was ushered out of the <laughs> out of the door. But I do believe that Jake Paul would light him up, stand up wise. That, and but we're only going off like the two fights he's had in Bellator. But I mean, if it's purely a boxing match, anyway, let's stop talking about these uh, these TikTok YouTube stars and what have you, man. I've, that's another time. That's another time. On with my second category, then. Cheeky cunt of the year. Now, there are certain permutations to this. Cheeky cunt of the year could be comment. Cheeky cunt of the year could be action. Cheeky cunt of the year could be, basically, I'm gonna go through my nominations. Leon Edwards being removed from the rankings. Now that was a cheeky cunt move. Obviously not by Leon Edwards, but by the UFC. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not convinced that this wasn't an arm twisting move. This wasn't a part of negotiation with Leon Edwards. Because if you notice, as soon as that happened, things started to quickly move in terms of the narrative for Leon Edwards. So that was a bit of a cheeky cunt move by the UFC, if you ask me. Next up, Kamzat Jamayev smashing John Phillips by sub, Reese McKee by TKO, and Gerald Mearsharp by KO. Now, for me, that was a cheeky cunt move. i tell you why. He came in, he said, okay, I'm going to smash this guy, did that. Went on to the next guy, did that. Went on to the third guy, did that. Just like a cheeky cunt. Now, for me, it was just the arrogance of the man. 
He fought three times in, 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 in one year and was about to fight a fourth. She kind of the year. Now, the next one is Corey Anderson uh, leaving the UFC for Bellator. I just thought that was a cheeky cunt move because if I remember rightly, he wasn't long into rearing up him with uh, the UFC, if I remember rightly. And even if he wasn't, to kind of like just throw his chips down and say, look, I'm not getting what I want. I'm going to go where the money's at. Cheeky cunt move. Finally, Conor <laughs> coming back, Conor McGregor coming back and actually mid-clash with um, Cowboy, breaking his nose, breaking his nose with his shoulder. Then after the fight has finished, walking over to Cowboy and saying, yeah, you know that nose of yours, which is broken, which is twisted on the other side of your face. Well, it was my shoulders, my shoulder that did that. Respect the power, shoulder. I just thought that was a cheap cunt move. But my winner, actually I'm gonna pause. My winner, have I missed anyone in terms of that category? Have I missed anyone? Cheeky cunt of the year. Oh, cheeky. I don't know, man. Like, I, like those, those are probably the, the standout moments for me. In particular, Connor's like the, the shoulder <laughs> to Cowboy. And when he's down, it's still, his nose is like pissing with blood and whatever. And he's just like, he, he like kind of like lick, lifts up his head. He's like, yeah, yeah. By the way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah i think that that's a moment because obviously it was so long ago that people forgot about that's absurd <laughs> i mean why would you do that the man doesn't even have his wits about him but did you notice sometimes they lose their minds after the fight like remember mike when we talked about jimmy crute he just decided to like hug his opponent right after he was like unconscious on the floor like yeah. <laughs> sometimes i don't understand what like what are they thinking like right after they finish someone off like i've seen hugs i've seen kisses on the cheek i mean luke rockhold remember um Yo, well. kissed him on the mouth. Like a lot of times, when these fights are over. Both of them are just a little off. You know? I love you. Yeah, it's like he's he's on. He's like not there. He's unconscious. Easy, yo. Like, give him a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Kairos, have I missed anybody? I gotta go with Darren Till. This man has terrorized Mike Perry for an entire oh, calendar oh. year. He went on a tirade with memes, trying to follow his girls on Instagram, trying to DM them. He was like saying, listen, man, let me corner you for the next fight. And he was adamant about it every single time this guy was coming to get, trying to get fights. And he was like, I need a corner. And Darren Till was right there. Like, I'll do it. Like this man was so persistent throughout the entire year. I, I honestly thought that they were best. You would think that they were friends and he was just joking around, but no. I, nope. I might not understand this category, but I feel like he fits into this category but that's just me <laughs> yeah that, that that should be that should be in addition actually i completely forgot about darren darren till yeah darren till during lockdown his uh his God social damn. media game just went <laughs> up through the through the roof just the, the trolling it but yeah and well well now mike perry well did he see a reflection of darren till in the in that glass <laughs> glass door that he <laughs> I, I, I don't know like he saw the Tory, then he just saw like a ghost image of Darren Till right behind. Right, <laughs> and broke the door. <laughs> My favorite, I think it was KGB who put it up on uh, Twitter, was where they had, um, she had two panels and one panel was just like a blank piece of like paneling in terms of like glazing. 
And then the next panel was UFC Shane behind like a pane of glass. And this is what Mike Perry sees. Because <laughs> she's living in his head rent free ever since that, she, you know, they had words online. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> what did yeah. she say, Mike, that you just couldn't get like something about the coochie or something? Or what did she say? Something about she like insulted. Yeah. <laughs> she oh, insulted the Tory and them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, days. Yeah. For days. Well, now he knows about UFC Shayna. He knows her as well as we do, so he won't do that again. Well, I the winner of the Cheeky Cunt of the Year, and uh, unfortunately, um, I know that he can't drink this, and that's a massive clue. It's Kamda Shemaev. Now, for me, why he won this category is because what he did, come on, let's face it, is unprecedented. Coming in as an unknown, bouncing out of Brave into the UFC, making the waves that he did. I don't think anybody could liken his performance in terms of the way that he kind of like blazed this trail, this narrative, and has got to a level where he is fighting somebody who he shouldn't really actually be matched up against in Leon Edwards in such a short space of time. Remember, he did all of this in one year and was about to close out the year well, okay, begin. No, actually, no, begin this yeah, year. I think, yeah. Yeah, but, but Mike. Okay, first off, he was supposed to have ended off the year with Leon Edwards, but we are now in a situation where he's going to actually realize that in 2021. So, what I'm going to say is that for me, that gives him the cheeky gun status because he came in, he did what he said he was going to do, and he's keep. Well, I feel he's going to keep on doing it. And that leads me to my bold prediction for 2021 about this man. I am going to put it and I'm going to commit it to video. I'm going to make sure that this is framed in some way, shape or form. <laughs> I see this man, Kamzat Shemaev, look at G's face. <laughs> G's like, what's coming next? You, you don't want to go there. That's what she, her face is saying. I see this man lifting a UFC belt this year. Oh no, no, oh, oh no, I thought, oh, I'm sorry, I, no, okay. hold on, hold on, hold on, let me talk to you <laughs> I thought you were about to say Leon Edwards was about to do something, he got himself, no, Hamzat Shemayev doesn't stand a chance, okay, this man's going to get embarrassed by Leon, then they're going to toss him to somebody else, he might get a win here and there, but he will never put together a three-fight winning streak ever again. I'm so sick and tired of the hype behind this guy because he beat guys who have two wins combined between the three of them. I don't even, hold on, I don't even think they got wins in between all three. No, you're, Mike, you were, no, no. Yes, yes, Kairos. I oh, gave you the, sure. keep preach on, preach on. No, Mike, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of this. We got to end this right now. But can we go back just a little bit? Can we just go back a little bit? Your category, actually, you're mad at Dana White. You're not mad at Kam, um, whatever, what's his name? Kam Shot Chiamev, Chop, Chop, Chop. You, you, you're not mad at Chop, Chop. You're mad at Dana because if you were given that opportunity, you would roll with it too. If Dana walked in this house right now and said, get up, you're fighting Ronda Rousey in her comeback fight tomorrow, I'd be like, Mike is on. Retweet all the shit I'm about to put out there. I'm fighting Ronda Rousey. Like, if you give me an opportunity, I'm going to take it. So you can't be too mad at him because the company is backing him because you you'd roll with it too you know and i think it's dana that is the evil person behind his rise without further ado then i guess it's time for chisanga's nominees and his category what's good people i know yeah you'll miss me on last the end of last year's show apologize i couldn't make it i was working all right let me cut to the chase 
my two two categories for for uh, 2020 are the top shotter and not shotter as in somebody who sells drugs that's the term in the uk or whatever but the person who fired and delivered the best shots my three nominations i'm not going to go four like michael israel adesanya mr hamza chemaev and the big boss mr dana white so for this one i put adesanya because adesanya quarantine adesanya some of the shots that he was firing to uh to mr john jones although a couple were below the belt many of them were just were masterful and i can't remember which one in particular but it prompted john to admit the uh the usada story that had been going around for a few years that he hid under the octagon uh, at jackson wink for like eight hours and even want even had to go to the bathroom underneath there so that just shows you the level of of trolling wait skirt he peed under there well, I didn't apparently really smoked, <laughs> well i think that that's what that's what other people said john obviously didn't confirm it but i mean if you do the math like unless he actually went to sleep physically went to sleep under that cage and lay there the whole time he he's he's going to have to go into the bathroom at some point Ew. and not to mention let's go back circle back to izzy he was on the receiving end of some mad trolling from Paulo Costa, but again, he was uh, strategic and methodical with his uh, responses. And I'd say he was a bit tactful with them. <clears throat> so we'll move on from Izzy now and we'll go to Mr. Hamza Chemaev. As you said, Mike, I don't need to go into great detail about this. This man came in, he called his shots. He was going to, said he was going to smash everybody, said he was going to break into the top 15 by the end of the year. He did that. Obviously, the Leon fight didn't happen, but that's neither here nor there. And you also touched on it earlier, <laughs> Mr. Big Boss Dana White uh, following in his good friend's uh, suit. And you'd expect good friends to follow in each other's suit. And Mr. Donald Trump with the, the media hit piece. While I understand why he came out and he acted the way that he did with, with the video, there were some very, very bad edits to make people look as if they were saying things that weren't actually true. But nonetheless, he fired the shots. It was a major talking point and still is a major talking point, even going into the uh, new year. So off the top of uh, your heads, guys, have I missed anyone out on the top shotter? Yeah, you have. There was one consistent dissenting voice throughout 2020. And against all odds, he proceeded to bring the UFC to book and to bear. Trent Reinsmith. I've got a big up this uh, because against all odds, this was the top shotter. It fits so neatly into your category. He was firing shots left, right, and center. And those were hollow points because they were acidic in the way that they were delivered. He basically, um, without fear or favor, kept on going regardless of what the haters were saying. So yeah, that's the one that's missing. Fair enough. I should have included him. Uh, you can be the honorable fourth mentioned, Mr. Ryan Smith. Kairos, did I miss anyone? Anyone glaring? Any glaring emissions from that? I think Trent's a nice one for this list. Yeah, I don't want to add to that. All right. G, anyone? I mean, you could add me. I mean, come on. How many accounts <laughs> have I gone through this year? Woo! Come on. That's Nobody true. thought about this fucking mouth. <laughs> Nobody thought about the fact that I'm on like my third account in 2020. Like, yeah, I've been through how many accounts in one year? I'm back. How many people? I was the most hated person. Right now, big techs, Alicia's taking over right now. But 
I was the, at, at one point I was the hated person online, man. So you, you got to throw me in there, you know, maybe just, but right, I'm we'll, make, we'll, make no, I'm room we'll make room for, we'll put, we'll put you in. So that, that, that includes five. I'm, I, I'm, I'm bullshitting. I'm just really, really joking <laughs> with y'all. <laughs> I do not deserve that at all. I'm, I'm on the scale, but I'm, I'm a baby. But I do think Dana White, when he put out that video shitting on the media, that was huge. And you did mention that. You didn't miss that? Yeah, I that did. Was, I did that, was, that was you saying, that's Dana. Okay, perfect. I got it. I'm a little slow. So I think you nailed it with Dana. I would pick him out of all the categories. And I don't think you forgot. I mean, you might be able to throw in like Colby for his controversial comments, but mm-hmm. nah, I think Dana and Izzy threw the hardest shots this year. So I was initially going to put Israel Adesanya at the top, but I've actually changed my mind. I am, I am going with Dana because the, the, these shots... I, I didn't anticipate I didn't anticipate such a like it was a, it was a pump action shotgun basically that he dropped that he, that he dropped essentially because there are little digs at the media here and there throughout the uh, throughout the build up to the what was the card throughout the build up to UFC 249 and afterwards when there were still reservations about things going on in the pandemic but to have the um, I don't want to say audacity because obviously this is a man who has big cojones, but to commission a video where they put media members faces along next to headlines, not just the headlines and their names, but they put faces of like Ariel Hawani and there were, who was the other guy, Brian Campbell. And there was a couple other people who, who they put on there whose faces are whatever. Did he throw in Trent? No, he I didn't. Think, no, 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 he did. I watched it two times. No. Didn't, he didn't throw no. in Trent. I, I was I was surprised. That was that was a glaring omission. Mm. So for for Dana to clap back at the um, at the criticism, a lot of it which was justified. I mean, we've there's numerous numerous things we could we could delve into for why the UFC do deserve criticism. Fighter pay being probably top of the one top of the list for me. Yeah. But for the way the manner in which in which he did it and the fact there was no indication that it was coming, that's that's why he's top shotter for me. Does anyone disagree? Can't disagree with that. Can't hang on that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I do think he looks a little nuts doing it, though. Like, he, yes, that was the biggest shot thrown this year. But, I mean, who makes a video of themselves kind of, you know, doing that? I don't, I don't know. I feel like confidence and um, when you accomplish things in life, you do it quietly and you get even more attention when you're just like, what, what do you mean? So I think, like, when he did that, it kind of took away a little bit from like his purpose. It made him look, you know, like boastful or like, yeah, you don't see too many CEOs of people doing that, you know? Yeah. So big but shot, same, but I don't know. But at the same time, I like that he he delves in the muck with us. Do you know what I mean? I like it yeah. shows more of a human side. And I think that's what also endears him to people. Yeah, but, because that is like petty. Say, yeah. Yeah, but as you say, like, I wonder how the execs at ESPN and Disney how how they reacted to that, and I wonder whether exactly. they're going to try rein him in or, or or what have you. But I I don't foresee that happening. I doubt it. Yeah, that's part of his appeal, like you said. Of course, of yeah, course. Yeah. All right, moving on. So my second second category is uh, <laughs> well, it's related to the top shotter, but it's a top flopper, basically the person who talked the big game, fired big shots, but ultimately did not deliver. And I'm just going to run through my uh, my my not list of nominations nominees. Sorry, I've got three. 
top of that list. I haven't even gotten their name. It's 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 it's, it's completely. I'll I'll go in reverse. Tyron Woodley for all the pre-fight amble in the build-up to, to Colby, Colby Covington. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was this was a, a beef that dated back years and what have you. And then obviously it got political with the whole Black Lives Matter thing. And Tyron Woodley, I think he wore a hat saying "Make racists catch the fade again" and what have you. Ultimately, he put a lot of pressure on his shoulders and he he, he didn't deliver. And I'm not begrudging him for losing to the Baron Man, but I think because of that, it was kind of a flop. I think he was going for a big viral moment where if he had stopped Colby emphatically, then he would have been able to put on a, a BLM hat or something. But obviously that that didn't come to fruition. And I've, I've genuinely forgotten my other two right now. I don't know what is happening. <laughs> I am flopping right now. Literally, <laughs> under, under the pressure of the camera, I am flopping. Uh also on the list is Mr. Paolo Costa. I mean, this man, this man, talk about deer in the headlights after talking a big, big, big game against Israel Adesanya. For the best part of, I'm trying to think, for the best part of 30, yeah, 13 months, because he fought Yo Romero in August 2019. And ever since then, the narrative was Israel Adesanya, I will erase you. He's too skinny. He's too skinny. He talked all this mad mad trash but when it came to it he was said deer in the headlights and you know what happens to deer when they're crossing the road at night and they they ain't looking right they get knocked over <laughs> That's yeah, they, they they are roadkill they are on the street <laughs> done yeah they, they are roadkill and this one i think is going to anger a mr uh kairos bodley but i'm going to put mr dominic cruz in there because also ahead of his return a comeback fight against henry cejudo this man talked a big game. This man talked as if he was the Dominic Cruz of, let's say the Dominic Cruz just after the WEC, who was at the peak of his powers, who hadn't been through two knee sur- yeah, two knee surgeries. And yeah, he talked a big game that he was going to dethrone Henry. And he got, he, for lack of a better term, he kind of honey-dicked us all. He, he made me believe as well. But ultimately, look, I can see Kairos just... Right, he's like twitching and shit. Yeah, twitching and shit. But ultimately, as much as I love Mr. Cruz, as much as I think he's he's pioneer of the the bantamweight division, he came up short. Does anybody have any disagreements or any additions that I should have to that list? That's pretty comprehensive from where I'm sat. Yeah. No, no, no. We're missing Ben Askren. He talked shit for years. And then he came over here. And did he retire? Am I blending 2019 with 2020? Uh, I believe that was 2019. I think it was 2019 he fought Maya. Oh, I can't get over was it. it, it was, I can't even sorry. remember. You know. like, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's yeah. all a Mr. Podley. It is. I Never mind. Scratch that. that yeah. Come on, Kyra. Hit me with it. Did Macy Barber fight Roxanne in 2020? Oh, yes, she did. How could I was there as well. How could I forget that? Macy Barber was talking so much, so much trash about it. And then she ends up getting dominated for, I think, all three rounds. I think only one round was even close. And then after that, she had the audacity to take the microphone from Roxanne and say, Roxanne winning only made, yeah, me losing only made Roxanne shine even brighter. It's like, bro, shut up. Who do you know has ever lost a fight that was not a main or a co-main event? And they take the microphone, Kanye West style, and start giving us a quick speech on how they're going to come back strong. We don't care. We don't care. And how arrogant. 
And how arrogant of her to think that you gave her shine when this woman has a fan base. She's been around the world. Exactly. She teaches in Japan. How <laughs> ignorant and rude was it to be like, I made this woman famous when she has a whole backstory and fans on, you know, like loyal fans, unlike yeah, the Macy exactly. fans that left her once she got beat up, you know? So disrespectful. Good one, Kairos. And we're talking about a pioneer of women's MMA yes. as well. Let's, that just adds to the disrespect. I couldn't believe it. It wasn't just that she took the mic and had a Kanye moment. It's what she said to the pioneer, as you said. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. Good one, Kairos. Yes. Don't talk about Dominic Cruz ever again. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm low-key a fan, too. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I love the man, but I've got to call it down the middle when and say how, as it is. All right, I'm going to get to the uh, the the winner, or should I say... It's really, it's not really an it's accolade. A to <laughs> They're a loser. <laughs> the biggest loser. Yeah, the yeah. loser of this. And it's got to go down to Paolo Costa. It's got to go to Paolo Costa for me. As I said, this man took the big, big, big game from the moment he he beat Yo Romero and he had, well, he had a bruck up lip. Do you remember how big his lip was after that Yo Romero fight? Yo, yo piece him up. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. He talks so much trash about Adesanya. And as I said, when uh, introducing this, this uh, part of the award show, he constantly said he was going to erase him. He was too skinny. He wouldn't be able to take any of his power shots, but no power shots were, were thrown. That for me is the ultimate flopper of 2020. I love Paolo Costa. I love watching him fight. I love the ferociousness and aggression he brings. And I think with a few tweaks to the game plan, that he could he could be a champion maybe one day, but he needs work. Your man, your man flopped, and and that's that's just how it is. Yeah, agree. You know what that reminds me of. <laughs> that reminds me of that that stereotypical guy who's always sexting with a girl, and then when it finally comes time no. for them to hang out, he's just <laughs> it's over in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> that was what Paulo Costa did. He got yeah, his he, like, this is gonna be crazy. This is gonna yeah. be a battle. He gets out there, gets leg kicked enough for a whole round. He gets dropped and knocked out in routes. It's just like, bro, you should be embarrassed of yourself. And then I'm he sorry. tried to talk shit too to like cover it up that he had no game plan for him. How embarrassing was that? Yeah. Like, oh, your mouth isn't gonna win you the fight, honey. Like, figure out what's going on wrong here. You know? <laughs> I, I oh. feel like me. I can't remember the last time. We saw somebody who was literally, I don't want to say scared because obviously he's a professional fighter, but it was just so tentative to throw and was so worried. It literally, I keep going back to this analogy, it was a deer in headlights with Adesanya. Can anyone remember any fighter or in, in any UFC title fight, the challenger being that way? The challenger? Yeah. No, because usually the challenger is good enough to contend with the champion. That's, you know what I'm saying? So we don't really see too much like that. And I think Paulo just, he wasn't prepared. He fell short. I didn't think, I don't think he knows how great Izzy was. And it's, it's, it's amazing to me that he failed so short because it's like, he has a whole team behind him. How did y'all prepare for him? Yeah. What, like, basically what the fuck happened? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just me. Okay, next. Oh, that would be me. Unfortunately, guys, my awards are not as creative. They're just very regular schmegular. Um, so I'm going to start with who is the most improved fighter of the year? I have three nominees. I've got um, Kevin Holland. I've got Charles Oliveira. 
And I caught Carla Esparza because we have to recognize the fact that she has improved that she is, I believe, on a four fight win streak. And Dana is talking about throwing her in the title. And, you know, last year and some years before, we never talked about this with Carla Esparza. So big up to her. I would say that my winner is this was so hard. And you guys might not agree with me, but I think it's Charles Oliveira, even though Kevin Holland had that mega, mega year. I just think Charles Oliveira is on the cusp of like a a title shot with his improvements while Kevin Holland is still going to have to beat up a few more people. Maybe do you understand? Like, I think Charles Oliveira is by far the most improved fighter right now in the UFC and the most dangerous. What are your thoughts? Hard to disagree yep. with that. I mean, I was going to throw in. <laughs> yeah, and if I forgot second. somebody, throw in. <laughs> I was going to. I was. <laughs> I was going to throw in our friend Conor McGregor. I tell you why. I tell I'm you leaving, why. Mike. It's only because we thought we'd seen the best of Conor McGregor in terms of the come up and in terms of what he delivered, but it's undeniable that what we saw against Cowboy Cerrone was next level Conor McGregor. There were some adjustments and improvements there that I'd not seen before. That whole shoulder move, the way in which his movement was so fluid, so graceful. I'd say, come on, you got to give it to the guy. There were some improvements there. I disagree. Of course, yeah, there, there were, but not to the level of improvements that Charles Oliveira a showcase especially with the striking in the kevin lee fight oh man i was blown 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 away like i vividly remember coming back and watching that fight because i'd been in barcelona that weekend and i just got out of spain before they put in the lockdown and obviously that was the first the first uh ufc card behind closed doors and he pieced kevin up man like well and truly pieced kevin up and even the uh the striking proficiency he showed against tony as well I mean, yeah, he's dominated. Yeah, don't get me wrong. wrong. I'm not saying he should have won, but he should have been an also round. It's a mention, you think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Okay, okay, fair enough. Let me let me devil's advocate here with that honorable mention by Conor McGregor. First and foremost, I wish I could slap you because every time I ask the question, Conor name come up with this dude. So that's one. But secondly, (laughs) secondly, do you think those improvements? that you saw Mike warrant because of the caliber of the opponent, it's cowboy. Do you understand? Like if you fight somebody that's not as good as you, you're going to shine and look really good. No, he's not, but he's old. Let's stop. Now let's, let's not like take anything away from his opponent. For Mm. me, it's because he showed me things I'd never seen before. And I've been watching him Mm. for a long while. And the fact that he had that long layoff and to come back and look as though he competed like three months ago, it was a thing of beauty. Don't get me wrong. Let me underline. It was a beautiful performance. Yeah. Let me underline this. He's an also ran. He's not a winner. Yeah. Yeah. He's an honorable mention for you, Mm. but I'm going to look, if I had his name written down, I'd cross it right off. Like I don't agree. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just fucking with you, Mike. Um, did I forget anybody? Everybody cool? I'm gonna move mm-hmm. on. What about you, Kairos? We good? Um, I think Brandon Moreno, this is a guy who got kicked off of tough in the first round. Oh. He came back, you know, oh, he, man, yeah. he took on Lewis Smoka and finished him in round one. Lewis Smoka was ranked at like number five at the time. He finished him in round one. Then he had a few setbacks against, I think, uh Pantoja and Sergio Pettis, and he competed for a world title, had one of the most is exciting title fights of all yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. I just like. Granted, I don't know if he grew as large as those other people within the calendar year 2020, but 
I, I he's think worth he's, a he's good definitely job. worth a, men- a mention. Yeah, definitely. My, I was stuck between Charles and Kevin Holland, to be honest with you. But I think for me, Those Charles gets it. Yeah, I think it's pretty. I think solid. so. Yeah. I, and I, um, go ahead, Chisanga. I was about to say I agree, and because he's been in the UFC, what I think is it ten years in August. Or ten years, um, yeah, ten years this year. I think, I think it was 2011. He made his debut, and yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so I mean, I mean it's nuts to gonna, see his history here. Like yeah, you go on sure dog and stuff. It's nuts. He, yeah, I know. Like he's he's fought a lot of good people as well, Charles. Like I know he he had some setbacks. I remember he got stopped by Cowboy via TKO. And yeah, he had a no contest with Nick Lentz. He's had a loss with Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson. I mean, he saw every like, but he, he was doing this as he was growing, not only as a, physically as as a human being, but as a martial artist as well. And yeah. I think the last, I'd say, the last eighteen months, we've really seen the true evolution of uh, Charles Oliveira. Yeah, and his uh, UFC debut was uh, August first, twenty ten, against Darren Elkins, in which he won. So oh, he's wow. been so in the UFC for quite a while. Years ago, wow, that's that's crazy, man. Darren yeah, Elkins still fighting in the UFC about time. That's that's crazy another as well. one. Woo! If yeah. you look up his history, he'd been around for a minute. <laughs> Shit. Um, let's see. What's my second one? I wanted to do like a shout out to the Contender Series pups. You know, mm-hmm. me and Mike do a lot of talking about them on our other shows. So. For me, I don't really watch the show, but some of them stuck out to me. So this is basically who was your favorite contender series pup. And we can break the rules here. It can be somebody that can debuted, you know, on the show this year, like they haven't been on the UFC yet. Or it can be someone that already fought on the contender series, but caught your eye this year in 2020. That's how I did it. So I came up with a couple of folks. I came up with um, Miguel Baeza. He was the one that smoked Matt Brown real quick in that first round. And it was beautiful. Then we got Casey Kenny, the dude that fought um, the prospect and won. You know, we all thought he wasn't going to get past Nathaniel Wood. And he did in that glorious fight. We have to shout out the Wocast and shot, you know, our very own Jamal Hill. He was on this show, like, you know, he produced it. And also he's having a hell of a year and he caught my attention. He just murked OSP. And last but not least, the lady's favorite, Carlos Uberg, the guy from City Kickboxing that debuted on the Contender Series and stole all of our hearts, but is also hella talented. He's fine, y'all. I had to throw him in there. He looked good. (laughs) So, you know, and then he's from Izzy's camp. I did a little research on him. I watched some old fights of his. He is the real deal. So look out for him. But my winner, my winner, my winner. I want to pick Jamal Hill, but I'm going with Carlos Uberg. I'm going with the baby from City Kickboxing. Why is that I think over over um why is that over Jamal Hill? I'm I'm shocked and because friend of the yeah, show. I know. I know. Jamal, I love you. Don't be mad. Um because I feel like Jamal, even though I mentioned him, he's kind of like leaving the contender series type of, you know, label. I feel like we're starting to see him more as a UFC dude. I feel like when we think of Miguel Baeza, Casey Kenny, and um, Carlos Uber, we're still, they still have that contender series history attached to them. But this is just my personal opinion. So I went with um Carlos, because one, he's new on the scene. His debut at the Contender Series was awesome. And I think he's going to have so much potential when he comes over. So I gave it to him. But Jamal and him were like neck and neck, no doubt. What about y'all? Who's your favorite Contender Series person? Mm. 
I'm trying to think. Well, like I say, I mean, for me, it was Jamal Hill, but um, you, you've already mentioned him. I love the fact that, you know, he just went from strength to strength and he seemed to be consistent with it as well. Yep. A lot of people like yourself, G, were kind of like thinking about his takedown defense and his takedown, so his, his ground game. And I just think that that's, that's the myth. I really feel as though this guy is going places and he's definitely one to watch in 2021. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, I was neck and neck. I agree with you, Mike. I just feel like he's no longer a pup. So I didn't really throw him in there, but he's worth, like like we've been saying on the show, a mention. What about you, um, Chisanga? Um, I know it's kind of throwing it back a bit, but could, could you include Johnny Walker in that? Because obviously he was on Dana, he was on Contender Series as well. And he bounced back with a big, big win over Ryan Spann. So... And his I'm, transition from, um, he's at SBG too. That needs to be mentioned uh, yeah, as well. He's, he's everywhere at the moment, to be honest. Like I, he was with, uh, he's with Farah Sahabi and TriStar for the Kevin Lee, or no, not the Kevin Lee fight. He fought in that card though. Who did he fight in that card? Uh, Lord, my, Nikita Krylov. That's who he fought. Um, yep. He was at TriStar then. And I know he's been at SBG recently. I don't know if that's his, uh, it's going to be his permanent home now or whatever. It might be. I just saw him be. playing with Coach's baby at the dinner table. So it seems like... Maybe, you know, he's, right, but he's, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think for me, obviously, we have, he's had his setbacks. He lost to Krylov and Corey Anderson, what have you. But to bounce back in the manner that you did against uh, Ryan Spann, it really impressed me. And it shows that I, I think he, he does belong in here. And I think the evolution from the raw guy that we saw in the contender series is not, it's not complete, but it's well and truly underway. No, that's a good, that's a good mention. Cause he is a contender series pup, you know, you come from there. So I think it's a decent mention. Kairos, what about you? Your thoughts? Um, I got two. I got Cheyenne buys from Forges MMA. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Sadiq Yusuf. Yes. The man hasn't fought in over a year, Kairos. How I can know. You say that? I know, I know, and I'm no about to drill own, him in this next thing. title. It's no no fault of his own, though. So, and why isn't he fighting? Do y'all know? Like, I have. Is there an issue or something? Is he injured? I don't know. I I, I think I read somewhere a while back that he might have been injured, but I, I can't remember. But that aside, that's the only reason I could think of why he wouldn't have been competing this year, like, yeah. last year. My God, I almost forgot that, about him. Yeah, that was a good performance against uh, it was Andre Feely. Andre he beat. Feely. Yeah. Yeah, and, excellent uh, performance. Yeah, it was, it was a great performance, and that put him into into the rankings. But now nah, he just just hasn't competed. So hopefully, he gets a fight soon. I mean, I know isn't Arnold Allen crying out for an opponent? He hasn't had a, a fight for a while. Why not make it yeah, that, fight? that would be. It's like they ignore Arnold Allen. It's like they don't treat him as if he's like. Yeah you know, a contender for the title, like he's up there. It's weird how he just gets bypassed or that at least he's good enough that we could be talking about him more, I think. Yeah. But the thing is with Arnold, he's got time. He's only 26. Oh, he's a baby. Okay. He's a baby. So he's got, he's on a seven fight win streak in the, what is it with Brits and long, long ass win streaks? You get disrespected. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) Poor Leon. We're speaking about long ass win streak. So I was doing research for obviously the fights that are coming up in, uh, well, this month, I was about to say next month. And I looked at Neil Magny's record in the UFC 
and he went on like a seven or eight fight win streak and then quiet as cat yeah quiet quiet as a cat so he went on a one two three four five six yeah he went on a seven fight win streak from february 2014 until uh he lost to damien meyer in august 2015 now i'm trying to remember where damien meyer was in the in the, in the welterweight division at that at that moment in time was he at that was at that time was that during his resurgence when he was high up in the rankings because if not that's just another person who just got completely disrespected i mean magnes and giving giving him damian meyer like a, an aging damian meyer yeah, yeah i think because i'm pretty sure he fought woodley around that time too yeah i think you're right oh, yeah, um, he, yeah you're right okay but even still i mean seven five win streak I mean, you know me, I'm Mr. Old School Meritocracy. If you win five fights in a row, you should get you should be in contention for a title shot. Obviously, me too. Know, yeah, obviously I know you have to move the needle somewhat and, and what have you, but look yeah. at Tony Ferguson. How many was he on? You know, like uh, it's it's I'm old school like Chisanga. I think you start to get in the six, seven, it's time, but that's yeah. not for everybody. I mean, that's we could talk to Leon about that, you know. And I think it's also interesting and worth a mention that uh, Dana is not allowing Leon to fight anybody else. Like he's over COVID, Shemaev is not, and Leon's available, and Dana said no. And Leon even came out and he commented on, did you see on Ariel Hawani's Instagram yeah. post? And he said, I said I'd fight Shemaev, well, not Shemaev, uh, Magni or Chiesa. Hmm. Literally, as, as, as we, we've said this before, and we even theorized this before the fight even came to fruition, the Chamayev fight. They, they're just trying to feed him to a wolf and then get him out of there, like get him out of the, the, the top five. That's what they, that's what I think they're they're really trying to do. And they're trying you know, to, I think... Every, everyone says that Dana wants um, Shemaev to get rid of Leon. And I'm like, that's true. He probably does want to knock him yeah. off. But I also think he wants Shemaev to beat Usman. You know, I don't... You yeah, know, that's true. I, I think that's what the whole, that's the the agenda behind this. I think it's for Chemayev to be the champion because he is way more marketable. Um, the fans are behind him. All that smash, smash, smash shit. They like that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh, and, hold on. How come when you say that, you didn't get the right act? But when I say it, <laughs> it's like heresy. Look at Kairos. Kairos ain't even responding to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I remember, I, I don't think I was on that episode, but I remember hearing that argument in Kairos. I, you know, I, I can, I can handle it. I mean, is there, you don't believe that or <laughs> I don't want to be for me? It's not <laughs> nothing to do with beef. It's just at a certain point, it's like, I'm sick and tired of hearing this motherfucker's name, man. Oh my no, God. Me too. Get me too. out of here. I think I'm one of those fans too. Like I'm over the Shemaev celebrity you know, whatever. I just want to see him fight somebody in the top five. And I didn't even want to see him fight anyone in the top five, but now that they're forcing me on it, I'm like, good, give him Leon and hopefully Leon shuts him up. You're up, Lazarus. Okay. My two topics, I couldn't think of cool fancy names, but the criteria is pretty cool. First one up is the Catapult Award. This is a person who is poised to do great things in this upcoming year based off of where they are currently and who they might be matched up with in the future. So I'm predicting that they're going to dominate their next opponent and then dominate the next few ones. First up, we got Amanda Hibosh. She's got a tough fight ahead of her, though. She's fighting, um, what's her name? Um, I'm drawing a blank on it. Melissa something? or Rodriguez, is it? Um, Mariana Rodriguez. Marina, Marina yes. Rodriguez. Yeah, Marina, Marina Rodriguez, yes. 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 
And um, she might be able to outgrapple her though. I, I see a quick route to victory. She just grapples her and doesn't so, call her as far as it is. And yeah. Tyler Santos, of course, y'all know I'm big on her. I'm I'm a huge Tyler Santos fan. Macy Chat. So y'all know I was gonna put her on this list. Y'all thought that I was not gonna put her on any list. No, no, I had to put her on it. There ain't no way I'm not gonna put her on it. Cause you know what's gonna happen? She's gonna prove once again that America hates their teachers. She's gonna destroy Marion Renault in the first round, probably the second round. They continue skating off on people until she makes it to the top five. And last but yes. not least, we got Alicia Zapatella. <laughs> Zapatella, yeah, I said it correctly. She's in Invicta. She's an atom weight. She's won three straight in a row. She has the title. Now, she's pretty. I'm. I think she's poised to get a knock for the UFC and fighting in the strawweight division sometime soon. But it's going to be tough because it's a larger division. People are a lot larger. All that other jazz. But I think she's I was still just going to say that yeah. it's going to be a tough jump. But I, I'm pretty sure she can handle it. Um, I was going to pick. I really was going to pick Alicia, but. Ain't no way I'm gonna let anybody win over Macy. I'm sorry. If, <laughs> if you want, if you want to act like anybody's position better than she is right now, y'all are crazy. She's gonna fight a person who's only ranked one ahead of her. She's gonna dominate them, jump that person, and then everybody in front of her outside the top five, she could. I think she handily can beat. I think she handily beats. But you know, you can you can argue, but you'd lose. I agree <laughs> with you on Macy. Yeah. What am I, who am I missing? Who am I missing for mine? <laughs> Oh my Honestly, God! You, you, you got the could you, Macy could you Macy definitely, but this is this is like a uh, I don't know. What about Glover Texture? Do you, don't you think he's going to be winning most of his fights, except for maybe the champion of whether it's Izzy or Jean? I just I feel like we need to throw him in somewhere. If he's Glover Teixeira ain't. Do you know if I'm Glover Teixeira? Right, obviously he's in a good groove right now, but if I'm him. He's not going to be fighting for another nine months, Glover Teixeira, if you, if you think of it, because Adesanya versus Blahovich is... Yeah, it holds up the March, division. In yeah. March, and then we don't even know what's going to happen. Is Izzy going to move up to heavyweight or, or what have you? But if Izzy decides to stay a light heavyweight, he's probably going to want to take, what, another three, four months off to um, to, to then prepare himself for the fight again. So is not fighting for a long time. And to be honest... I'm pretty sure. Didn't Dana White say that Tashera like deserves the next title shot? And uh, after he beat, who did he beat last Glover? Um, who did uh, Glover? Tiago Santos, correct? Yeah, after he beat Tiago Santos, I'm sure he said that. I'm sure. Yeah, he did but yeah, he lied because you know Izzy about to get that spot, but you know he lied. I just feel like <laughs> his this year, like his career has been catapulted. Maybe I'm just confusing the word catapult with Glover because I do feel like he has catapulted into title contention. So maybe no, that's I, why I, I, that. I agree with that maybe, that. maybe that's why he's on my brain with this category, the word catapult. Yeah. Using that, I can agree, but using my definition, he's in a fucked up position because his next fight, he's losing. He's losing. No mm -hmm. matter who wins that fight, he's yep. lost. So that's why I'm like, he ain't got nowhere to go. Similar to how even if Hamzat beats Leon, he still loses in the end because now you're in the top five against people that you shouldn't be fighting right now. So mm -hmm. that's why, like, guys like that, I just didn't put him on here because it's like, yeah. you win right. one fight and you're going to lose the next two or three. Correct. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. And we don't know enough about uh, Cosmet to say that he's going to catapult 2021. He could very well lose to Leon. This this um, award is about people that are catapulting, correct? So yes. uh, we haven't seen the best of him yet. No, 
I wouldn't put him up there, but I do love the Macy mention. I do. I hundred percent. I agree with you. I think she beats up a lot of girls in her division until she hits the cusp of the top of her division. There's something special about her and Amanda as well. I like the Alicia, you know, mention from Invicta, but I always worry when Adam Wade has to fight in a, a, in a division yeah. that's not there. Look at Michelle Waterson, you know, look yep. at, they struggle, man. So who knows if her career is going to catapult when she comes over to the UFC, but honorable mention is a hundred percent correct. So who's Macy fighting next? Uh, Marion Renault. Marion Renault. Okay. All right. That's- the gym teacher from Belize. Yeah. All right, so, so, okay. So all right, that's, that's a good fight. And then that propeller to like the Sarah McMahon's and like the Yana Kunitskaya's afterwards. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you see I, what I see? I, you I, see I, what I see? I see we what you're see saying. It. I see we what see you're it. saying. Okay. Uh, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if she's definitely ranked in the top five or maybe even top four or three by the end of the year. Like yeah. given that potential trajectory. Yeah. And like some yeah. of the matchups. Catapult is correct. Mm-hmm. Mr. Morgan, you're quite quiet. We're waiting. <laughs> no, Who wants like to say, I say Connor? I, I to- no, I totally agreed with you. I, I haven't got any to, to actually add. And I'm just glad that the only one I would have added, which I'm sure would have been in there anyway, which why I wasn't surprised that it was, and that is Macy. No, you, your, your list is immaculate. I thought you were going to say Connor. I was like, that's it. <laughs> I was about to hit the little leave button. I was about to say, are you trying y'all? to get an interview with him or something? Why are you inserting this cat into, into the conversation all the time? <laughs> next (laughs) next topic we're going with remember me award now i told you guys one person was going to be on this list but i gotta get his ass off this list because it just doesn't make sense for me to put him on a remember me list when he's just gonna fight one more time and take another three-year hiatus off so this is an award of people who never fight they never fight whether it's because of injury whether it's because they're taking breaks whether it's because they're lazy whatever the reason is they just don't fight but they have a fight lined up and they have a position of strength to remind the fans who they are. First off is TJ Dillashaw. The guy got suspended for two years for cheating, but he still has the ability and the skill set. So take the title and defend the title repeatedly. I don't think there's any problems with him besides his age. If his age comes back to haunt him, that's the only thing I see because he's had years to rehabilitate both shoulders. He fixed his arms, his body's back to homeostasis. He was destroying his body just to get down to 125 as well as not eating accordingly and was like hurting himself to even make 135. He's got all that back on track. Every single problem that you could possibly have for him is basically gone. And you, he's had two years to redefine his entire offense and defense. No one knows what he's coming back with. That's what's so funny about it. Every single person who's watched film on TJ Dillashaw for the past three to five years, it's all irrelevant now because he's not coming back with that same stuff. And he has one of the best coaches in the game. People oftentimes forget about Dwayne Ludwig. Dwayne Ludwig is one of the best striking coaches in MMA. He just never gets the shout because he doesn't have athletes just out the wazoo coming in the bang. He has like sometimes Rose coming in. He has TJ coming in. All right, we don't have to keep doing this. Next person. Um, I took out Dominic Cruz and I put in Sadiq Yusuf. Sadiq Yusuf is a guy who we just said hasn't fought in a year or so, but I think his his position at 145 pounds is at 15. So he's going to be given a few more layups in the upcoming um, fights to where he can continue to gain momentum and traction. I think they might try and give him, uh, what's his name, Bryce Mitchell. I think they might try and give him maybe um, Hakeem Dowadu or the Shane Burgos winner after that fight. I, I see potential oh, matches. Nice. Yeah, I think they're going to try and run those type of matchups for him. And um, those are going to be hard, but I think he can still do it. 
Also, we got Santiago Ponzinibbio, the guy he hasn't fought in eight years, not even. He hasn't fought in like five or six years. He looks fantastic against Neil Magny. He just embarrassed Mike Perry for three straight rounds. He's just, he's put it on people when he's had the opportunities to. No people aren't happy with him and his out of octagon activities. I don't co-sign, I don't condone those either. But I think that he's going to dominate this his next two to three fights, but I think it's going to get tough and dicey for him after that third fight because I think they're going to hand him a guy like, um, what's his name? Lazis, Lazis, yeah, yeah, Laz. I think they're gonna hand him him in the future, and that might derail one of them. One of them's going down in that fight. It's gonna be crazy though. So he's up there as well. And then last but not least, we got Leon Edwards. The guy hasn't fought in two years. The UFC's blacklisted him. They're trying to hold him in a cage and force him to fight this death fight. And if he loses, I think it might be <laughs> Sayonara for him. I'm dead serious. I think they Me are too. trying so hard to get him out of the UFC. And what's so messed up about this position is this. Even if he beats Hamzat, it's like, well, Hamzat didn't deserve to fight him. But if Hamzat beats him, he beat Leon Edwards. That winning streak is crazy. He deserves (laughs) It's like, oh my God, why can't this man win? That's why I'm nervous about this. My mind is telling me Leon can win this fight. I can win this fight nine times out of ten. But my my inner soul is thinking. That fear, yeah. That fear is like, this is mixed martial arts. What happens Anything if Hamza takes him down and yeah. Leon can't get up? And supposedly ah. he's really good at it. Even though Leon has a good ground game, mm-hmm. I'm hearing that Shemaev is next level. So who knows? And, and, and anything can happen. I'm also equally as nervous, Kairos. I share the anxiety. I blame us. Leon for, has for, to win. I blame us for even speaking this into existence because we talked about this well before this was even a thing. We talked about this possibility. Yeah, really. And lo and behold, it's uh, come to fruition. Leon, do not blame us. Well, we, we, we are to blame partially, but don't hold it against us, please. That's why we're probably getting ghosted on blue uh, blue ticked mine. Nah, he gets what he deserves. He stole my video and didn't give me credit for it two years ago. That's what, Leon? Whatever happens to you is your fault. You did this to yourself. Yo, uh, something that you said there, Kairos. I mean, if you didn't bring up Leon, I would have brought him up. That would have been... Uh, somebody definitely worthy of note. When you think about it, he recently re-upped with the UFC. Yep, he in March. He's basically um, at the start of his new contract. Now, something tells me that, one, this whole emphasis on fighting Kamzat Chamayel is about exalting Leon's status because he has none. I love you, Leon, but facts are facts. He has none. In terms of fan interaction, in terms of fan um, traction, he has none. So that will exalt his status. And it has to be Kamzat because Kamzat is this wolf, excuse the pun, who has come in, this lone wolf, and has laid waste to, well, what seems to be people from our shores. But that by the side, I just think his buzz his flashy appeal, the fact that he is Dana's boy, if he can get through him, that raises his stock. That's the why, that's why that fight has to take place in Dana's eye. It Dana's eyes. That's why that fight has to be kept intact. That's why he was denied the fights, which he said that he would gladly take <clears throat> next week or this forthcoming week. Um, the thing is this, I do see Leon being beaten by Shemaev. And it's for two reasons. Well, <laughs> look at G's face. <laughs> What's the two thought reasons. of it? Two, two reasons. People 
have not seen the entire devastating array of what Hamzat Shemaev is capable of, apart from those who train with him. I listen to those people. I listen to those people like the Jimmy Manuas of this world. I listen to those people like the Darren Stewarts of the, this world. People who have had hands-on experience of this man. He made the dentist go to the dentist. Anyway, let me just park that right there. Yeah. Because I think the cumulative effect of this will be that Leon will leave the UFC in 2021 and will be fighting for Bellator by the end of the year. Trust me on this. Yeah, I agree. Mike, we, we talked about this in the DMs or, or yep. in the wild of, of MMA Twitter. I totally mm. agree with Mike on this. It sounds outlandish, but I think Leon is going to get frustrated at some point and it could even be with one loss because you know if Leon gets a loss it's not like anybody else who gets a loss like he could be cut he's just not liked so as soon as he hits like a wall that he can't do anything about I could see him going to another organization and I and to be honest with you I think he should I think he's he's being treated poorly in this organization and it, it shows. And sometimes you have to take a stand against that by being like, I'm better than this. You guys might be the best organization in the world, but I'm going to be champ in Bellator somebody else. Mm-hmm. And if he chooses to do that, I fucking support him. I'm all for people being happy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he need to be happy. Go on, Chizanga. No, I was just saying that's, that's church. I, 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 I agree with the, the sentiment what you were saying. Like, oh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not contesting or being. Uh, Your face looked different. Yeah, when I was looking at you. Yeah, you that was fucking crazy, right? No, no, no. I agree with you, but I'm just interested to see who wins Kairos' uh, award. Who, who, who's? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here we go. Who won Kairos? Um, I even forgot. I got so frustrated talking about this. Um, was it Ponzinibbio, Dillashaw? <clears throat> It's it's going to be hard for me because I'm weighing, are they going to win this next fight? That's the thing that's making me like, because I know Dominic Cruz, if he was still on here, he was, he's going to win his next fight. But is Sadiq Yusuf going to win his next fight? I don't know. Is TJ Dillashaw going to win his next fight? I don't know. Ponzinibbio is definitely going to win his next fight. Leon will poke his way to, to we, a win. Yeah, he's going to poke some eyes. But, but let's not forget what he did to poor Gunnar Nelson. Everybody pokes size though. It's a veteran move. We got to just let it happen. I'm going to go. Y'all really video. think they do it on purpose? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. I've, I've ignored that debate for years. Every time I see it on Twitter or something, I'd be like, I don't, I'm not getting into this. Like y'all, Mike, you look, you're looking at me crazy now. You think it's, no, no, you no. think they do it on purpose? No, 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 definitely not. But I, I'm interested and intrigued in your, uh, your rationale here. That's why I was looking. Well, that was my perplex face. But hold on, hold on. Kairos, tell us your winner. And then after the winner, tell me why you think okay. eye poking is on purpose. We got to get organized here. We all, over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Santiago Pontinibio is the winner. He is going to have an impressive return. He's going to get a TKO finish probably in the second round, maybe the That's third my round. Winner. And then we're mm-hmm. going to realize, dang, he really is that dude. And he's coming back in the welterweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, my reasoning for why people are eye poking on purpose is because you're going to get two to three warnings. You are going to get two to three warnings with it. And there's a really funny thing about <coughs> fighters, no matter what like height or reach you have, the people who eye poke continue to eye poke. And there are certain people who have never gotten eye pokes in their entire career. 
How is it that you have people who have had just as long of a career in you and your weight class or in other weight classes not poking eyes, which you are consistently poking eyes, especially when you aren't being poked in the eye? If I stick, if I stick my finger out like this and you walk into it, you that was you did that deliberately. When I do this and you walk into it, I can't poke you in the eye. It's a simple difference between a flick of the wrist and this. And there are certain people who have consistently poke, poked eyes. People always want to talk about John Jones, but John Jones hasn't poked eyes in a while. It has been a while since John Jones poked, poked eyes. But people never want to talk about Stipe poking DC's eyes. It's always like, oh, DC was calling out his eyes. They were poking each other's <laughs> eyes out for both fights. For all three yes. fights, they were poking eyes out the entire time. These people are trying to poke eyes. They are trying because who, they can get else? away with Name a fight or somebody besides Stipe and DC who, who, this is like breaking news to me. I'm sorry. Like who else? Uh, well, okay. Stipe and DC, you think? Um, who? Jasanka, Mike, you know anybody that's a horrible eye poker? Horrible I'm trying to eye. think. Apart from those who he's mentioned. And I always thought in my mind, my romanticized mind that the eye poke from where I'm seeing it is a measurement. It's it's sorry the act of putting You're your gauging out yeah. is to gauge distance. It wasn't a purposeful act to actually get your fingers in someone's eyes. That's why I was really interested in where this notion that it's on purpose comes from because you're not gaining anything. I I I feel like the DC Stipe maybe we could have a conversation about it being on purpose. Yeah. I did think I, their little war, their finger war, is a little outlet. Like it's I, a I little think, much. I, th I think Stipe in the in the last fight he wanted to get him back. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he wanted yeah. to get him back. I got two off the top of my head right now. Ooh, Tony Ferguson. No one ever talks about how he clawed out RDA's eyes in that five round. He clawed his eyes out multiple times in that fight. He clawed Cowboy's eyes out. He tried to claw out uh, Charles, but he just couldn't get in a rhythm to get that eye poke. The other one is Lee Jingliang. This man oh, was on cat. top of Gunnar Nelson's face with like claws this. like this, like ripping this. his eyes open. Like, you guys, I, I can't make this up. Go look at the fight. I think there's no, a I picture remember. He has his hands like this in his eyes. Some of those I'm not yeah. saying everyone's, I'm not saying everyone's intending to poke eyes, but I will say this: not every eye poke is an accident. That's what I'm saying. Not every eye poke is an accident. That's all I'll say. Okay. That's and, yeah, and there's another one. Yeah, he, he did that um against two. Uh Australian guy who barely fights. What's his name? What's his name? Uh Jake Matthews. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he, he did that as well. Yeah, oh god, Joanna used and... to do it sometimes too, though. And Faber yeah. talking bad about my boot. Faber did it. Faber even got a finish using an eye poke. He poked um, I forget the guy's name Ooh. in the eye, then didn't stop because he was trying to run away. Got oh, him in yeah, a was that in the WEC? No, was this it? was in the UFC. This was like was five or so years ago when he went on the winning streak to go and fight Burrell. He has your right has gotten a few eye pokes in his career. Like, this it's mm. it's more than common than people think. Mm. Who was that again? Thank you, Kairos. I, I didn't know it was this Francisco, uh, Francisco, uh, not, what is his last name? Trinaldo? No, no, Trinaldo's at 155. No, 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 no. This is a different Francisco. Forget it. Just uh, favor, uh, favor B.I. Poking, just know that. Favor B.I. Poking, just know. Right, I know, yeah. I got a freaking, who was it? I, I remember, yeah, because he did, and then did he submit him afterwards? I think, yes. yeah. 
It was. Who was this cat? Who was it? Who I'm about was to pull it up right now. Y'all ever trip about how much MMA we know so much so we can't remember shit? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Like, so much of it. Yeah, like, yeah, this, I hate when we record and I'd be like, um, what's his name? What's his name? And I'd be like, Francisco I thought I Rivera. shit. <laughs> Francisco Rivera. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, 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 this, yeah. Yeah, if this was 10 years ago when there weren't 42 cards a year or what have you, and it was like to True. say one or whatever, we'd be able just to rattle off things like that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, remember things that happened like four months ago, unless it's a pay per view event. Like, yeah, there's, that's there's true. So much, and there's not enough time, I think, to digest what's actually happened. Like, that's I mean, true. if if they'd done a pay per view card at the, the on December nineteenth, we'd still be talking about everything that's gone on from them. But I mean, because just because it was a fight night, don't get me wrong, it was a it was a great fight night card with Wonder Boy and uh, and Jeff Neal, who I told you was going to leave to Wonder Boy and get school. I said it too. I Dang, said it y'all too. Y'all right? Oh, I, oh, oh, yeah, oh. I, I said it too, y'all. I was like, I have a feeling he hits the wall with Wonder Boy. I just have a feeling we were going to see a Vincent Luque performance again. Somebody that's on fire, but Wonder Boy, like you're not that good. Sit down, and yeah, that's what we saw. I hated it though. I wanted Neil to win. We need new blood in that, you know? We do. We do. We do. But I think it's just a testament just to, to how good Wonderboy is. And I think he's, he's, he's well tricky above he the status. Is. Yeah, he's well above the status of Gatekeeper because Gatekeeper would, if somebody gives you that title, it you automatically assume that they've racked up numerous losses and that they've been found out on multiple occasions. That's not been the case for Wonderboy. I don't I mean, see him as a gatekeeper. When people started throwing that around, I was like, he's, I think more Anthony Smith. You know, I, I don't think yeah. um, Wonderboy, I think Wonderboy, you can give him one more title shot if he keeps it up. If That's- he gets a couple of more wins, I think he's good enough. But Anthony Smith is not fighting for a title anytime soon, but at the same time, he can send some pups back down. You know, like to me, he's the gatekeeper hate to say it though also actually i i, I left anthony smith out of, out of my list and maybe that's because of uh michael's relationship with mr jimmy manor because the shots that he fired towards jimmy towards the end of the year oh yeah they were, sort of, yeah they were oh, he asked him if he was still sleeping yeah like, yeah that Oof. pump action shotgun to the chest basically yeah. And next year, y'all, we need to do gatekeeper of the year. We need to start showing respect to these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real, there's 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 quite a few that emerged this year. And I'm and as we're speaking, I'm like, oh, one of us should have did like, who was the gatekeeper that was like, get your ass back down here? You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe next year we'll do that. And I haven't heard they, that too much on too many shows. Hmm? I think they tried that with Aldo and Cheeto Vera. I think that they thought, okay, Cheeto might be able to get the jump on on Jose Aldo, but. People for Jose Aldo is still, he's not top, top of the food chain. He's not watched. He's still elite fighter. He's still a, like, I, I, I don't get it. And people he's forget. He's only 34 yeah, or 36. Oh, yeah. The, the Peter, obviously, yeah. The Was it the fifth round the Peter got fight got stopped in? I think it was the fifth. But um, obviously, that was a beatdown. But for the previous two and a half rounds beforehand, it was a back and forth affair. Like, Jose was having his moments. Like, so. But, and then he showed his expert, um, you know, veteran experience when he was like, I'm not even like known to, for a grappler, but I know enough to keep this guy on the ground and win the fight. So, yeah, like a facet of his game we haven't seen. So, but. facts. Yeah. Oh, hell, it was, a, deal, people. It was a great year, y'all, for 2020, you know, for MMA. If, if you know, so I think it was dope. I had a great time. I don't know about y'all. 
but I, I'm 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 going into 2021 because I need Shemayev. I need that train derailed, y'all. Uh, just on 2021, just before we kind of like draw close to our wonderful award ceremony, I just wanted just a quick fire round. I know this isn't a category. I know it's nothing to do with the awards. It's more our personal aspirations for 2021. What's the one thing that you want to see in 2021 more of, or one thing that you want to see introduced? Just an aspiration for 2021. I'm going to go with ladies first. Yay. Take it away, G. Um, I think we did an episode on weight classes once, and you guys sold me on the 165 division, although I think it might thin out the other divisions that are between it. That is like something we needed to discuss more because that is a, a possible issue. But I think adding either Adam weight for the ladies or 165 division, I wouldn't mind a new weight class to just lose my mind on and, and discuss on the pod and just have new content with a whole new weight weight class. That would be for me. I would like that. I mean, it's not going to happen, but I'd love... Uh... <laughs> No, no, no. I'm talking. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what I'm going to say. Sorry, oh, 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 I should have prefaced that. I just no, I was that like, good to know. Was, oh, like, gee, that shit ain't gonna happen. Sorry. No, I was like, good that. to know. I won't get excited. I was like, okay, <laughs> just not, tell me the sorry. truth. Sorry, I should have. I should have. <laughs> I should have thought of how I was. Uh, how I was? No, no, it's okay. Go on. Go on. Basically, uh, a revision to um to to, to the scoring in, in MMA, whether it be. Well, I don't necessarily know if open scoring is the is the idea, or but we need a change to the um, to the judging criteria because there was I can't remember which fight it was I was I was rewatching. Uh, God, it was it was a huge robbery. What's his name? Uh, Andre Yule. Who did he? Who did he? Uh, who did he beat? Was it Mike? Was it Michael Rodriguez? Mm, I cannot remember off the top of right? my head. Yeah, that that for me is. Like people talk about Volkanovski and Holloway being a robbery or whatever. That Andre Yule fight, I can't remember who he, who he was. He fought, but that was the biggest robbery of of the year. Like Andre Yule did not win that fight. So a revision to to scoring this and the scoring criteria would be. You're talking about um, Irwin Rivera. It must be yes. Yeah, um, Covington versus Woodley fight card. Yeah, he won that, and it was decision split. Yeah. Uh, no, no, this one, this one was, um, this one was, what oh, you call it? Was but, Jonathan uh, Martinez? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was about to say, because I go. remember there was, there was a crowd there at the time. Yeah. yeah. John, then that would be Jonathan Martinez. And just to throw in a tidbit, you know what I want to see with judges? I don't want to see boxing judges um, mixed in with MMA judges anymore. I think the part of the reason why you, you have your complaints is because a lot of the boxing judges don't understand what they're seeing. And that is usually the one judge that's like, uh, who won? What round did you give him to? It's usually a boxing judge. You know, yeah. just a permutation or just a um, kind of like riff on what you both have come up with there. One of the things I want to see um, is in round scoring, accountability for those judges um, who are actually making those scores. I think the dumb scoring that we've seen because of the transparency in round, I think that that would do away with that. I think people would be a lot less... Um, keen to have dumb scores at the end if they were actually being questioned as the round was actually progressing. So in-round scoring for me. How about you, Kairos? 
you guys have done scoring to death, so I won't even like tackle. And I have my own archaic, barbaric ideas about what we could do to these punk ass judges. But um, for me, I need to see more punishment to people who are not making the weight. There are people who have 30 pounds to cut and they consistently do it every single time. There are people who cut 30, 40 pounds and never miss weight ever. And they are rewarded for that. But you have people who consistently will miss weight. And it's just like, oh, it's 30%, whatever. Maybe I'll win a bonus. Maybe I'll do, maybe I'll go out there and put on a show and then it compensates for that 30% loss. Or maybe not. Maybe they're just like, you know what? I'm going to keep missing. There's a time period where there were people who were missing weight. I think it was in 2019 or 2018, where by 70% or something outrageous of fighters who missed weight would win the fight that they missed weight for. It was something crazy like that. I don't know the percentage now, but I remember that being just like, astronomical and them not being punished for we need to have it so that if you miss weight <clears throat> you don't get a win bonus you're showing up but you don't get a win bonus or it needs to be you get a point deducted or you start in a less dominant position in a round of the fighters choosing it's got to be something that's just like i am not giving up that type of advantage like i gotta make this weight like okay yeah. if i'm a fighter i'll be like all right great my i'm guessing let's start the third round you're on your back and i'm on top like something like that where it's just like you better not miss this fucking waiter. It's raps for you. Like it, yeah. it's got to be something. You want a serious consequence that prevents, um, you know, people purposely missing weight. And I, I agree with you on that. I, I don't see nothing wrong with that. I wouldn't know what that would be, but yeah, I, it seems like people are cheating. How about fifty percent of their purse? Oof. I'm with it. That means nothing though. If you're a person who makes 150 and 100, if you're, as soon as you reach a certain tier of fighter, that rule is no longer relevant to you. That it's just it not relevant to you. Your, your tax system you over there is terrific. You, you, you were just as, like, I mean, if I go from being uh, a 50 and 50 fighter and I'm making 150, 100, uh, 150, I'm bowling out like 150. My lifestyle goes up. My, my, my expenses go up. So <laughs> If you were to then, if I was to miss, egregiously miss weight, let's say, would we say like what, four or five pounds maybe? Mm. Would that be the, 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 the criteria to- Let's go with that, okay. Yeah, okay. So if I was to miss 50% of my weight, then some of my bills aren't getting paid. Do you know what exactly. I mean? because you still have to pay taxes. Like I keep saying, your tax yeah. system over there is horrific, man. I would not want to have 50% of my purse deducted, no way. But we're, so much. Mind. we're counting on people who aren't taking care of their money or whose living expenses have gone up. What if you're just that type of smart person who's just like, hey, listen, I'm not going to split. Let's say you got a person who's like the caliber of uh, who's making a lot and who is awesome. Let's say you are Tony Ferguson and you cut 50 pounds and you know he's making hundreds of thousands of a fight. And, you know, he lives out in the bare bones of nowhere, isn't buying a mansion, isn't buying a Maserati. And he says, you know what? I'm not cutting weight this time. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go. I'm going to show up five pounds over or whatever the maximum limit is. And no matter what percentage of my purse that you deduct, it's going to be OK, because I have my sponsorship cast. I have cash saved over. I have other enterprises outside of fighting that support me. What are you going to do then? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good point. Shit. Right. But anyway, speaking about 50 percent, the man in your T-shirt, Kairos, is going to be given 50 percent of what he's earned. <laughs> this is Fifty percent of what he's earned over the last few last few years. No, she's gonna be giving fifty cents to him. She's she's richer than he is. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, oh, she she's a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> 
So closing out this award ceremony, I wanted to thank you for an incredible shots fired. Thank you for uh, doling out your awards. And um, this, I guess, is going in the post to all the recipients. And um, well, no, I'm just going to drink it myself, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy, Mike. You may not see me on the next episode. I might be dead. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay, guys, have a good one. Separate the weak from the opposite. Leap hard to creep them Brooklyn Street. This on again, stop all that bickering beat. <laughs>